This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. Ready to launch a new career or not sure what to do after graduation? Rumkey is hiring for CDL driving trainees. We pay you to get your CDL license while working for us. Driver trainees receive $18 an hour, great benefits, and Rumkey will pay your CDL costs. Once you're a CDL driver, you can earn $1,000 to $1,300 a week and more than $10,000 in bonuses possible in your first year. Apply today and launch a lucrative career at Rumkey. Apply now at RumkeyCareers.com. Equal opportunity employer restrictions apply. This episode of Headlock Talk is brought to you by Austin-based company Naturally Hemp's and their new line of CBD gummies. These gummies are made with 100% baked-in, pharmaceutical-grade, non-isolate-based CBD. What we're talking about here is the entourage effect. The entourage effect refers to the stronger effect you get when combining multiple cannabinoids together as opposed to just CBD. Full-spectrum CBD or CBD distillate tends to be more potent and last longer, which is what we're talking about here. Unlike some other brands that use a spray-on CBD, Naturally Hemp CBD distillate is baked in so you know you're getting the full dose with each gummy. I personally use them for all kinds of things like sleep aid or muscle pain. And did I mention they taste great? They got five flavors, uh, strawberry, green apple, lemon lime, watermelon, and get this, the orange flavor has vitamin C in it. So if this sounds like something you could go for, head over to your nearest Creative Sig vape shop and pick yours up today to see for yourself the difference Naturally Hemp's gummies can make in your life. It's June 14th, 2020, and Barclash is officially in the books. Yes, it was a howl of a time. We'll be breaking it all down for you here in this special Barclash edition of Headlock Talk. Welcome everyone back to yet another episode of Headlock Talk. Oh snap. Oh snap indeed. I am of course the Texas Gentleman Tanner Pruitt and right across from me here, the one and the only Mr. Stephen Grudy. Howdy, howdy. Howdy, Stephen. How's it going, sir? It's going good, man. Going good. Yeah? Yeah. What about you? I'm doing alright. You know, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, Barklash. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, we we had my dog Millie in here for for Barklash. Uh, of course. Yeah, it was dis- disappointing though. No dogs, no other dogs besides Millie. No, no, we did get the one dog. Yeah, yeah, we we got part of our wish granted by the WWE gods. Oh, part of it. Yeah, they brought Backlash back, but they, they, but not as Barklash. No. So we almost got there. We were we were just just there. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. You mm-hmm. know, make it happen, WWE. Yeah. Barklash. 
it's the next big thing. Absolutely, it is. Right, right. Well, and we've got the review for the show as well as uh, some other segments here for you. And we'll actually kick off today's episode with a favorite new segment from last week. Yes. Strange news. <laughs> yes. Yes. Strange news. <laughs> yes. The this uh this segment is uh non wrestling related, so this might come as a shock to you, but you know, hey, sometimes I look at my phone, I see some strange news. That's what this is all about. <laughs> I'd say maybe even daily. Probably daily. Yeah. Uh, this bit of strange news comes from LiveScience.com. Uh, writer Mindy uh, Weisberger. Weisberger. That's we- a wise burger. Weisberger. Mm. I mm. think that might be it. Um, monkey steals COVID-19 blood samples from a lab technician in India. Yes. The video went viral on social media showed the monkey thief in a tree. Uh, yes, a monkey atta- attacked a lab technician on campus of a medical school in India and ran away with blood samples from three infected COVID-19 patients. The rob technician, meanwhile, took a video with his phone of the incident. After snatching the samples and other medical items, the video reveals the monkey uh, clambered, clambered? clambered mm. uh, up a nearby tree. That video, which was shared on social media, also shows the animal gnawing on what looked like surgical gloves. Yes. Oh. Indeed. Um, a, an investigation is currently underway regarding the monkey stealing the um, the samples. Goodness. Yes. Indeed. Okay. Strange so, news. <laughs> yes. It's very strange. Almost sounds like a Mad Lib. Like, like just... Entering random, yeah, li- literally just random words into to make a headline. Mm. But I do also want to say that's terrifying. Yes, I, and and I was going to make note of that that this is actually terrifying news. Quite also. terrifying. It, it's very scary that this monkey has you know uh, these, these blood samples because who knows what could come of this here. Right. But yet I have a theory. Okay. Call me call me crazy here. You're crazy. But, thank you, mm-hmm. but perhaps it's time that we all came together as the Earth to fight back against this coronavirus. You get what I'm saying? No. No. Keep going. All right. So, maybe we needed a hand in trying to get, you know, this this, this coronavirus solved. Maybe, maybe perhaps our primate friends are the key to helping us solve it. Maybe they have technologies that we as people do not. So that way we can conquer this thing once and for all. What kind of technologies w- would they have? I, I mean, dude, I I, I don't I, I don't live. I uh, guess we, we'd have to yeah we'd have to infiltrate uh yeah you know a primate community yeah 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 hmm. yeah. Hmm. Um, I hope this is not the start of the Planet of the Apes. Um, you know that that would be quite scary too. Yeah. Um, but if they help us in you know containing the coronavirus, then Thumbs up here to these uh, th- these primate friends of ours. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I guess we have a 50-50 chance of either uh, everyone dying from the coronavirus <laughs> or, or starting Planet of the Apes. Yeah. <laughs> Full transparency, I think you are more correct in this than I am. Hmm. But I'm just throwing this out there. This seems like a way more <laughs> important headline than, than <laughs> like, I feel like I should have heard about this already. <laughs> Perhaps I'm being overly hopeful about this hmm. that we're actually getting help from 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 the primate society. I mean, I definitely like your positivity. I just 
Mm, man. Th- thank you. I'm trying to take a page from Josh's book. There you go. You know, yeah, trying, yeah. Trying to be more positive about these kind of things. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. Trying what... to be more positive about chimps stealing COVID 19 blood samples. Yes. That's yes. like a really specific thing to be positive about. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, cool. Uh, uh, one other bit of strange news. Mm. Yes. I changed it. It's like a different sound <laughs> yeah, it's effect. It's like R2D2. <laughs> Uh, this one's from May 4th, actually, so it's about, it's about a month old here. May the 4th be with you. Hey, there you go. And it's actually uh, quite notable here. Ah. As Darth Vader is seen enforcing lockdown laws in Philippine vi- villages. Yes. Dressed as a Star Wars uh, character, uh, local officials in the Philippines are out and about to enforce strict quarantine measures while also handing out relief packages. With Darth Vader and Stormtrooper outfits made from rubber mats and old plastic, the youth leaders catch the attention of villagers on the outskirts of Manila who are reminded to stay indoors. Yes, and that's com- that comes from Reuters uh, author... Uh, somebody. I, I, I don't know. I don't, who is this article by? A- Adrian Portugal. Yes. Adrian His last name is Portugal. Portugal. Maybe that's maybe that's the headline here. A man named after country. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, Adrian Portugal, the author from Reuters, here reporting hmm. Darth Vader helping out, instructing those uh, quarantine uh, laws there in, mm-hmm. uh, in the old Philippines. What what would you think if uh, you know Darth Vader rolled up and was like, "Hey, stay your doors." Uh huh. Uh-huh. So so. My thoughts are are twofold. Okay. Okay. Go on. So, <laughs> so my thoughts on this are twofold. Okay. One. It's nice to see, uh, you know, a police force uh, j- just trying to keep the peace and-, and trying to trying to keep these policies in-, in place. You know, stay inside, keep everybody safe. That's cool. Yeah, I-, I I I like that. I enjoy that. Yeah. But Darth Vader is one of the most evil people he, in-, in the entire he's galaxy. A, he's a bad guy. He he's a he's a very very bad guy. Yeah. Would you trust? He, he him? killed Ben Kenobi. Right, right. W- would you trust him handing out these packages? No, yeah. absolutely not. And that's what I'm getting at. Like, it, it doesn't really make much sense for Darth Vader to be handing out these care packages. Now, if there was a guy, you said this was in the Philippines. Philippines. Now, if there was a guy in the Philippines going around and, and slicing people's hands off dressed as Darth Vader, mm, mm-hmm. that's a little more accurate. Um, you know, it's, it's quite dark. I'm just saying, <laughs> it's more accurate. Yeah, fair enough. Now, if you want to, if you want to dress up as a Star Wars character. And start, you know, handing out care packages. More power to you. But think about the character that you're dressing up as, and and, and see if that makes sense. This is true. This is uh, this goes back to uh, continuity. Exactly. Continuity. Yes. Exactly. All righty. Well, that has been strange news. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. All righty. And uh, yeah. Backlash 2020. Yeah, yeah. I guess we should review this thing, huh? Yeah, let's do it, Stephen. Um, just I guess in regards to the entire show, mm-hmm. what did you make of it? This show started off super rough, <laughs> just, just in my opinion. Uh, the the first few matches are are mm, eh, 
in my opinion. A, a, a meh? Yeah, ju- just a, a solid meh, right? Yeah. Uh, not, it's not awful. It, it's just meh. Um, but the the latter half of the card, I actually enjoyed. It was good. It's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, so I think as a whole, um, I can safely say I wasn't really, like, super invested into the show. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, to begin with, right? Like on the outskirts of the show, I'm like, ah, backlash, right? Okay, the card, it is what it is, and it actually ended up being about what I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say, while it is not, in my professional opinion, the greatest wrestling match in history, it's the main event: Edge versus Randy Orton is not a bad match. No, it's it's actually. Pretty good. It's a pretty good match. Absolutely. Uh, I, I did, you know, we'll, and we'll talk about this match a little more as we go on, but uh, one of the main things that I put in my notes is that this match is long as hell. It is it's, a long it's match. It's just super long, and, and I really think, personally, that it's to the detriment of the match, but it, it is what it is. We'll, we'll get into it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, uh, with uh, WWE Backlash making its return here... Uh, we had the pre-show, yes, the pre-show of uh, Backlash uh, 2020. Um, let me see here. Apollo Crews uh, defended the United States Championship against Andrade. Uh, he, he retained the title Good in about him. 7 minutes, 25 seconds, in a pretty decent match. Yeah. All in all. It's, it's not bad. Uh, they actually had a killer match on Raw a few weeks back um, when Andrade successfully defended the title. Mm. Um, but uh, beyond that, there's nothing really else much to speak of about this match. Apollo Crews won in a pretty convincing fashion, I think. And uh, he'll be moving on to bigger and brighter things. Yeah. No, I'm glad he was able to retain there, for mm. sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The main card opened up here with Bailey and Sasha Banks defending the... Uh, uh, Tag team uh, WWE Women's Tag Team Championship rather against Alexa Bliss uh, uh, teaming with Nikki Cross as well as the Iconics. Uh, Steven, thoughts here on this match? Um, it was fine. It it wasn't bad, but I wouldn't go as far as to say it was a good match necessarily. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was just very. I guess sloppy is the word for it. it, it there was just mm-hmm. a lot going on at all times, and everything was kind of sloppy. Everyone seemed a little confused. There wasn't really like a lot of momentum building up. It was just like, hey, there's this spot, and then now there's this spot. Oh, and hey, look, there's this spot now. Yeah. Um. It deemed it did seem a little bit sloppy in most places here. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> I, I guess. Um. What threw me off at first is WWE, typically with these multi-team matches, they mm. usually like to have like one one participant uh, in the ring from one team, one participant in the ring from another team, and then one whole team waiting to tag into the match. Right. right? That's how they typically have done things in the past. This time, they were like, hey, we're going to make all three you know teams involved here from the outskirt, or mm-hmm. from the outside of the match, rather. And uh, yeah, we're just going to do stuff. Right, mm-hmm. we're just gonna do things. Um, so, so that little continuity issue kind of threw me off there. Um, this match for me was, uh, as you put it, a little bit sloppy. But 
um, mostly was full of like near fall attempts and then like standoffs. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, and it, it was this whole match was full of like like tropes, you know, just like just like things that you that you can see from a mile away. Oh, you know, okay. like the the contention between Bailey and Sasha for a second, and then like the the like you said the standoffs outside the ring. It it was just the whole match was like okay, yeah, I saw that coming. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I, I pretty much saw that coming. Okay. Yeah. It, and like it didn't leave me guessing. Mm-hmm. And so I was just sitting there like, okay, I'm just going to wait for all these things that I know are going to happen and then the match is going to be over. There was some cool stuff here. Peyton Royce actually looked fairly impressive here in this match for me. I'd say Peyton Royce and Alexa Bliss are definitely the MVPs for this match. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Peyton Royce, uh, she did a she did a great job where I would have otherwise not really made notice of this here. So good job to Peyton Royce here in this match. Um, and then there was also a, a very brutal uh, wheelbarrow uh, wheelbarrow oh, yeah. to running knee spot there uh, by um, Sasha and Bailey mm-hmm. um, on Billy Kay. Uh, that looks like a pretty devastating finisher. Mm-hmm. They need to they need to like use save that, that and, and add that to their arsenal. Yeah, use use that as a finisher because that looked great. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. a great looking move. Um, there was also a uh, a pretty brutal spot after a Peyton Royce hit a, uh, a running suicide dive to the outside, and she, it looks like she kind of got caught in the ropes a little bit. Yeah. And then uh, the the crowd started a very half-hearted "This is awesome" chant. Yeah. Which felt very forced. Um, the finish came when Alexa Bliss attempted to hit the twisted Bliss from the top rope onto Peyton Royce, uh, but was then rolled up by Sasha Banks instead. For the three, uh, Stephen, I, I gave this about a two and a quarter here uh, for our opening contest. Yeah, uh, yeah, sitting around two and a quarter. Yeah, as well. It's, it's not bad. It's not great, but it's not bad. Yeah, I, I mean, just, just this is one of those matches where where you look at it on paper and it should be better than, than it actually came out to be, perhaps. Uh, but it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. We then got a shot of Braun Strowman pulling up in a Buick Grand National. Yes, quite an automobile. Yeah, quite, quite the, quite the mobile. Mm-hmm. It looks like it looked more or less like he was pulling up to an apartment complex. Mm-hmm. Uh, you couldn't really tell this was a WWE uh, studio of any sort. Um, but uh, you know, it is what it is. You'd expect Braun Strowman to perhaps be in a a bigger car. I mean, not that the. I mean, yeah. I mean, just because he's a big guy, maybe like a truck or well, like it, uh, it looked like a clown car compared to like. Like Braun Strowman, he's he's a massive individual. You can't put him in a regular car. It, it looks comical, perhaps so. Which, which it did, but whatever. <laughs> perhaps so. Um, let me see here. Next match on the card: Ugh. Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy taking on Sheamus. Um, look from 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 the outset here. Before I even get into this match, um. This was a very tacky and distasteful angle that they shot here, uh, bringing up Jeff Hardy's, uh, I guess, abuse, um, uh, uh, like substance abuse issues. I know they've brought it up before with CM Punk. Um, that seemed slightly more tasteful at the time, I guess. Um, but this this here, uh, this angle is just kind of, ugh. 
Yeah. Like they they had the drunk driving thing where they where he you know, he was framed for doing a hit and run on Elias. Right. They had the the P test. Yeah. Uh, they showed his mug shots. Yeah. They had they had Seamus talking about how disappointing Jeff is to his family. Uh, and just being very outright about Jeff's issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this was um, uh, this was not um, not a great angle. But no. but I will say the match itself is 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 fine. It yeah. did it did run a little bit long. It seemed it was about the it was actually the second longest match on the card. Wow, uh, sixteen minutes fifty seconds mm. uh, for this match here. Um, but it wasn't all that bad. I can't. I can't say it was a terrible match. No, I mean, if we're going based on just what was happening in the ring between Sheamus and Jeff Hardy, it was a good match. I don't have any complaints with the match itself. Uh, the angle, however, rubs me so wrong. Yes. And uh, I don't know. I don't want to go too far into it, but I'm a huge Jeff Hardy fan, and uh, man. If anything, this really should have been a redemption story for Jeff Hardy, right? Yeah. And, and they they really made it look that way for all intents and purposes here. Um, but the finish came with Sheamus hitting the bro kick on Jeff Hardy and, mm-hmm. and getting the win here. Uh, so there really is no lesson to be learned. The, the lesson here is that uh, you you will not have redemption because some giant orange-haired man will always crush you. Yes. You know, and, and steal your dreams. Sounds accurate. Yeah. Sounds pretty accurate. I think that's what they were trying to tell us here. <laughs> no. Uh, I won't say too much on the angle. I, I'll I'll talk more about it later. Yeah. I, I have I have a thing. You have a thing? I have a thing. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll save that for Steven's thing that he has <laughs> planned later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so Seamus is your winner here at about 16 minutes, 50 seconds. Goodness. Long match. Yeah. Uh, I gave this a two and three quarter here, Steven. Two and three quarter. I gave it two. Well, there you go. Two. Wow. Yeah. Not impressed. Uh, I originally gave it a dud for the angle, mm. Mm. honestly. Well, there you go. But uh, got I figured that wasn't that yeah. wasn't entirely fair. Yeah, you so. got, got to grade it on the match. I know. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we are <laughs> we are taken backstage. Where um, the Miz and John Morrison apparently didn't know that the stipulation was one of them had to pin Braun Strowman, and only one of them could become champion. I love how everyone in the arena knows this except for the two people that the information actually matters to. Well, see, here's <laughs> the thing, right? Like, wouldn't it make sense to have explained this two weeks ago, and then actually built some like I don't know tension between Miz and Morrison leading up to this, and then they like they're like, okay, we'll give it a go. We'll work as a team. Blah blah blah. Yeah, right. It would make more sense to do it that way. Yes, um, absolutely. You know, and then get punished. You know, for maybe them bickering. You know, in the middle of the match or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead, no, we're we are told this on the pre-show, and Miz and Morrison are not told at all until this very moment. Uh, so sweet. So whatever, you know, it's it's fine. <laughs> uh, Otis then comes up and says he might cash in his money in the bank contract tonight. Spoiler alert: didn't happen. He doesn't do that. <laughs> yeah. um, and I, I I did kind of find it funny how like he mentioned that he's like, oh, I might do it, and then no one mentions it ever again. No, it just drops. It's, like it's like done. Like Michael Cole doesn't even mention like, oh, are we gonna see Otis? Like <laughs> no one says anything about it. So whatever. It is, so yeah, spoiler alert, it didn't happen. It is what it is. Yeah. 
we got Asuka versus Nia Jax. Uh, part of me really hoped in this match that Asuka would just shoot on Nia Jax because of Nia Jax just being terrible. Right. You know, um, you know, just... I don't know if we've had a chance, much of a chance to touch on all the Kyrie Sane stuff, but you know, there there was that spot, the infamous spot that they had to uh, edit. Uh, <laughs> they edited quite a lot uh, because the gash on Kyrie Sane's head is quite real and quite yeah. disturbing. And um, yeah, Nia Jax is. Um, I'm sorry. She's dangerous. She's yeah. dangerous in the ring. It, it, she's an unsafe professional. Um, you know, talk about putting her in back into uh, developmental or or you know, don't put her back in NXT. Yeah, I mean that's that that's even a step you know too far for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she needs more work on becoming a professional in the ring and not throwing people, literally throwing people into steel steps. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think that's a lot to ask for here. Um, well said. I'm not even asking for her job. I'm just saying, right. you know, do better. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I, like, like we've said multiple times on this podcast, we have nothing against Nia Jax like, as a person. It's just she's proven that she is a dangerous worker yeah. and, and that she cannot safely work with the people on this roster. Yeah. And, and that's, that's just cut and dry. It, yeah. It's nothing against her. It's just she's proven that. Over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. I did not get my wish. Asuka did not shoot on Nia Jax here. <laughs> it was a rather tame match for the most part. Um, the, the, the the one thing worth noting here, uh, Byron Saxon on commentary said that uh, Asuka has to deal with a lot of G-forces here in this match. Um, Damn, Byron. That's... Uh, that's 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 a spicy take there, yeah. Byron. Yeah. Goodness. Very hot take. That's... Wow. That's <laughs> something... Uh, well, hope that man still has a job after this. Yeah, that was rough. <laughs> that is rough. But see, like, was that a line? Or, it's or was or was that just something he said? I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. Who knows? I, I, hope I mean, no not. one really can except for <laughs> except for Byron, Byron and Vince. <laughs> um, this was really and truthfully um, not a match that you can really um, <laughs> miss out on. Uh, th- th- this was unspectacular at best, uh, despite all of Oscar's attempts to make it work. Um, there was a, uh, the finish is a double count out here. Uh, Oscar was just barely, um, uh, barely not in the ring in time, uh, to get the, w- the actual win here, but she still retains her title, which means this match really couldn't have happened or shouldn't have happened at all. I, yeah. I-, I feel like, you know, I mean, why would you do this? Yeah. This is... Why? Why can't you just have Oscar actually like I don't know add more legit- legitimacy to her title reign mm-hmm. by actually beating Nia Jax after Nia in real life you know actually hurt Kyrie Sane? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I mean, this is this is a match that you can almost entirely skip. I think you should skip it. Yeah, I would recommend skipping this match. E- like it's it's a bad finish to. Uh, not a very good match. This Arguably is, a bad match. This is like really. Yeah, this this is a one for me. A, a once I gave this one star. I gave it one and a half, oh. and that might be too generous. <laughs> well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. The good news is, though, 
we're getting to the part of the show that's actually it's going to start to pick up. It's going to have some good stuff to it. I I really think like this show is, has two distinct halves to it, and like the first half is very lackluster and boring, and then the second half, for better or worse, is a lot more entertaining, better. a lot more exciting. It's better, yeah, yeah. Um, Universal title match: Braun Strowman versus Miz and Morrison. Uh, Miz and Morrison come out and uh, they they give us uh, quite a music video. Yes. Their, their new their new hit song. Um, Steven, I, how, how do you feel about this song, man? It's, it's, um, it's quite a song. Yeah, I mean, it was funny. <laughs> it was funny, you know? It, yeah. d- it did what it needed to. Yeah. Uh, it was horrendous in, <laughs> in every sense of the word. I think Miz now takes the cake for the most processed vocals I've ever heard in my whole life. Yeah, he was auto-tuned. Oh, it was rough, man. He sounded like a robot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, it was... <laughs> What do you want me to say? It was funny. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. It, was, it was pretty amusing. Yeah. I, I personally didn't ask for this, but, you know, I mean, it's uh, it's like, you know, getting a surprise, uh, you know, a side dish at a nice restaurant. Mm. Um, but it's like grits. Yeah. It's, you know? Yeah. It's it's like it's like blue cheese. Yeah. Just, you're like, just a plate of blue cheese. You're like, ah, I mean, like, yeah. thanks. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's cool. It's free. What 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 do I do with this? Yeah. And they're like, it's like I, I didn't ask for this, and I also don't really know why you gave it to yeah, me. What is this? But I'm not complaining. Yeah. That's kind of how that whole music video was. <laughs> um, this was a fairly also by the numbers match here. Uh, Braun Strowman wins uh, in a relatively quick fashion. Um, about seven minutes here in the shortest match of the night. Uh, seven minutes, 20 seconds. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't really say that I'm surprised with anything that happened in this match. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's kind of, I don't know. It, it's the easy way out to, to, to have Braun retain. Yeah. Um, I personally would have liked uh, Morrison to, to have won it. And then, you know, cause some contention between him and The Miz. Maybe have, you know, some kind of feud with them, possibly. Um, someone other than Braun, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we didn't get that. We we still have Braun as champion. We'll see how it goes. But, man, the MVP for this match is John Morrison. Like, 100%. Yeah. He, he's so, so good. He's really, really good at what he does. Yeah. And, uh, I, like I said, I, I would have loved for him to have won this match. And then we could see what a universal title reign on john morrison would look like but mm-hmm. we didn't get that so no but what I, we did get was a pretty solid match it, it was it was fine it was it uh, was differ it was bit. it was it was it was very um look i mean this is i'll be blunt uh this up and up to this stage in the show was pretty much a very tame smackdown episode mm, mm, that's mm. just how i feel um but uh, after this here, we did get an AJ Styles promo where he wants to have a, uh, I guess, a title presentation for himself on uh, the next uh, next edition of SmackDown. He and Daniel Bryan had an out-of-this-world match on SmackDown. Yes. I will give WWE that. Uh, they put their, their probably their top two guys in the ring together, and they've, they performed very ad- uh, admirably. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they had a very, very good performance. Um, and uh, perhaps WWE's contender of match of the year so far. Ah, I think. Ah. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley. Um, this had 
oddly a a, a chance to be good. Yeah. Um, and and I think that they they accomplished a lot with very little here. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, the match kicked off with Lashley putting Drew McIntyre in the full Nelson, thrashing him around. Uh, this was before the bell even started. They had three referees try and break up the hold until Lashley just released the hold himself. Um, but uh, afterwards, they, they actually had a fairly competitive match despite Drew McIntyre uh, being um, uh, pretty much immobilized in, in parts uh, due to this full Nelson. Um, let me see here. Yeah, I mean, let's. It, it was. Uh, it was. It was competitive. It was fine. It was. It was actually. It was actually getting to be good. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would even say it was good on its way to be great. Personally, yeah. Um, probably Bobby Lashley's best match that I've seen. Like, I would say so far. Yeah, like man, he he was doing really. Really good work in that match, and so did Drew McIntyre too. Especially right at the get go, getting put into that full Nelson, and you know he just sold that like a madman throughout the whole match. Drew McIntyre really looked like he was like he was like out for the count almost the mm-hmm. entire match, and, and really just uh, sold that all the way, but still was able to keep up the pace. Bobby Lashley looked fantastic. Like th- this was yeah. such a good match. Yeah, and then came the ending. Yeah, which. It, it it didn't destroy the match. It didn't ruin it, but it was just like it, it did. Man, taint, it, it did this, taint the match. It did absolutely. Like the, it was going to be so good, absolutely the best match on the card. And then we get the the shenanigans. Yeah, the the, the finish comes when Lana, uh, who was seen earlier in the night talking with MVP about how she wanted to be there for Bobby. Uh, MVP basically said in, in so many words, "Nah, don't do that." Yeah, you know, let let him do his thing. Um, yeah, it was um, you know, Lana coming out to the ring. She tries to distract the referee. Um, uh, this distracts actually Bobby, who almost hits her, um, you know, by accident. Mm-hmm. And then Drew McIntyre hits Lashley with a headbutt, who um, w- which causes Lashley to actually bump into. Uh, Lana, who falls on top of MVP, mm-hmm. and then Drew McIntyre hits the Claymore kick for the three count. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, finish aside, um, I, I would say this is this is not bad. In fact, it's probably pretty decent, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's a very competitive big man match. This is this is certainly a departure from the Brock Lesnar era of, mm-hmm. of WWE title matches. Um, and uh, I, I will echo your sentiment here, and probably probably Lashley's uh, most convincing performance here upon his return. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, could this have been better? Absolutely, right? Um, but probably, I don't think it could probably be better by much. I would like to see mm-hmm. these two have another run again, and I hope that they can blow my expectations out of the waters. But, but they did set the bar pretty high for this being... Um, in the WWE environment and, mm-hmm. and being, you know, being the match that it was, um, the technical parts parts were good, the power spots were good, um, but yeah, I, I'm not very disappointed at all in this match except for the finish um, mm-hmm. with, with all the shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Um, th- I felt like that was pretty unnecessary. I, I actually gave this about uh, three, uh, three to three and a quarter is where I'm sitting at here with this match, Stephen. Yeah, I'm sitting right about uh, three and a quarter for this match. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely, what was well on its way to the the three and a half, three and a quarter. 
I don't want to go all the way to four star, but mm-hmm. it, it was definitely on its way to being a really, really solid match. And I will say, just like on paper, Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley, like I don't care. I don't I don't want that. I don't care. But now, after seeing this match, WWE, like you did it. You made me care about it. Holy crap, how did you do that? Yeah. I, I actually want to see these guys again. And I yeah. want to see this angle go on further. Like keep the, the shenanigans and stuff out of it. Yeah. I, I know there's there's that kind of absurdity part of the storyline that they're Mm -hmm. in right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if if they're able to keep all of the shenanigans out of the ring, man, this can be a really, really good rivalry. Right, and I I wouldn't mind seeing them up the ante on it either, Mm -hmm. right? This looks like something that they could easily achieve. Yeah. Um, uh, So, yeah, good stuff here. Would would I actually like to see more of it, believe it or not? Mm -hmm. Um, I I mean, look, we, we shit on WWE a lot, but... Yeah, give, I gotta give them props for this. Like they they yeah. made a rivalry that I really care about. G- give the devil its due. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I appreciate the work in this match. I appreciate uh, how competitive it was. Oh, I want to see more of this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a, a a thumbs up here from Headlock Talk being this uh, departure from the Brock Lesnar type matches. Mm-hmm. I think this might be the only positive take we've ever done on a Bobby Lashley match. I think I think you're right, Steven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good mm-hmm. job, Bobby. Good good job, Bobby. Good job, Drew. Mm-hmm. Uh, next thing up here was uh, supposed to be a Raw Tag Team Titles match between the Street Profits and the Viking uh, Viking Raiders. Um, Steven, talk to me a little bit about this match. Yeah. So this match was chaos, right? Uh, it, this is in line with... You know the the cinematic, you know, kind of style matches, kind of in line with Stadium Stampede that the AEW has been doing. Yeah. Um. And they didn't say anything about this. They were just like, "Hey, we're gonna have a tag match." Yeah. And we were like, "All right, cool." And then it just kind of goes from there. The match starts out in the parking lot. They're fighting around like Braun Strowman's uh, Buick, and they they end up putting each other through the roof of that, and. uh they didn't want to be around for when Braun Strowman <laughs> discovered that his windshield cracked for the first up the second time in like two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's the bowling ball spot. There's bowling ball spots. There's ninjas that like. <laughs> yes, Akira Tozawa shows up at one point in this parking lot brawl. Mm-hmm. This is this is not even a tag team match at this point. This is just two teams fighting mm-hmm. outside somewhere. Yeah, and, and whenever the ninjas show up, they actually have this like. Well, let's, like, let's let's tell the story, you know, so that, because people are like ninjas. What? Like, what, yeah, what are you yeah. talking about? Okay. So yeah, Akira Tozawa shows up with a motorcycle crew of ninjas mm-hmm. on these speed bikes, um, and uh, yeah, uh, somehow the intimidation of these seven ninjas plus Akira Tozawa, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, made the Street Profits and the Viking Raiders rethink. Uh, I, I guess uh, their rivalry, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so thusly they became the Viking Prophets. Yes, they united their forces, um, and uh, and, and fought off the ninjas on the speed bikes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, um, there's turkey legs, there's cups, mm-hmm. there's uh, bowling, there's more bowling stuff, there's golf, Go- um, yeah, golf clubs. Th- this match is absurd. Yeah, there there is a um. There, there's a there's a few spots where uh, you know they uh, they dive into a giant dumpster. Yes. At one point, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, somehow there's a giant tentacle that uh, mm-hmm. you know uh, that that comes onto the screen and is attacking them. Mm-hmm. 
I don't understand the message you're trying to give to me with this no. giant tentacle. It's also never explained or even mentioned. So I just want to throw yeah. that out there. Yeah. Like like you see it for like two seconds. There's just there is clearly a giant tentacle trying to get at Ivar. But uh Yeah. Th- this, this is an experience. Yes. A, a Viking experience. <laughs> um but 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 it is uh it, it's something else. It's fairly entertaining. Um, I, I guess as far as like the campiness goes, this is very WWE camp kind of stuff. But it, yeah, but it never, it never seemed to go so over the top that you're like, what the hell? Like, see <laughs> the the greatest thing about like this was the perfect amount of campiness. Like, yes, this match was absurd and, and it was ridiculous uh, at, at points, but it's funny as hell. It's funny as hell, and there there are some some good spots wrestling wise. If you really care about that, but that's not what this match is really about. Um, and I, I thought it was cool that they didn't even really mention that this was going to be this style of match. It kind of just started in the parking lot, and you were like, "Okay, I guess they're going to brawl to the ring, and then we'll get the we'll get the bell, and then we'll get the match started." But that never came, and it just kept getting more and more and more absurd as the minutes got on. And uh, yeah, this was great. I loved it. I loved it. Yes, it was good. It it was good. Mm-hmm. It it is actually, it is actually worth checking out for a few good laughs. This is this actually reminded me a lot of like DDT Pro from Japan. Mm-hmm. You know, just the the comedic aspect of it, but it does have that WWE camp to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 worth your time. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, 100%. I'm not giving this a match rating because this was not a match. Oh, I gave it a match rating. Okay, well, I'm, four stars. Well, Whoa, 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 whoa. What? Pump, pump, pump those brakes here, man. Why? Look. Am I not allowed to enjoy things? <laughs> not that much. <laughs> no, I mean, th- this was this, this was great. This, like, was, this was fine. Yeah. <laughs> Go on, Steven. Oh, party pooper, man. No, I'm just saying. It wasn't a match. You know, it was just wasn't a match. I mean that yes, that's it's that's fair. It wasn't a match. There wasn't a ring bell to start it off. There wasn't a pin to end the match. Sure, it wasn't a match. Yeah. But it was damn entertaining. It dude. was it was very entertaining, and I'm very concerned about this tentacle. What does this mean for our future as a mm-hmm. as, as a as a human race? You know? I don't know. We're, you know, tune in next time for more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But see the thing about that tentacle too. Oh. You know, let me tell you. Okay. Um, I feel like this is going to be a whole thing. No, not really. <laughs> it, it looked, it, it didn't look like any tentacle I've ever seen. Uh, you, hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like it didn't look like a squid. It didn't look like an octopus. Yeah, yeah. It D- didn't look like, I know it's not a tentacle, but it didn't look like an eel or anything like that. Like, it, like, it looked like... Uh, uh, the Kraken. Yeah, but but it had like spikes on it and stuff. Hmm. Like, it looked like an alien. Almost. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we're going to hear more about this in the the saga of the the, uh, the Viking, Viking prophets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Who knows, uh, dude? I hope we get more of this. <laughs> like, hundred percent. Let's get down to the nitty gritty here, Stephen. The greatest match in professional wrestling history, as WWE build this, Randy Orton versus Edge, uh, straight up one on one singles match, uh, went on very very long, but they they definitely uh gave it all of the uh the niceties of a very high profile match they they took uh uh referee charles robinson little nature they put him inside a uh 
they they, they gave him some some different referee clothes mm-hmm. and some and some nice blue gloves. Yeah, yeah. Um, he had, a, he had a, a really sleek bow tie. He had a bow tie. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and then they had um, Howard Finkel um, uh, uh, voice uh, appear uh, to uh, to announce the match, which made it feel uh, very special. Of course. Um, the match overall, uh, it, it's it's almost forty five minutes long, so it's so it's actually slightly longer than their WrestleMania match. Um, but but I did find it to be, I would say, the second half of the match is is, is a lot more entertaining than the first mm-hmm. half. I, I feel like the build uh, is is awfully slow burn through the first half. Um, but the, the second half of the match was actually pretty good. Um, I, I won't go on and on about the the specifics of this match. I think this is something worth, uh, I guess, the viewer checking out. Um, but I, I will say this is probably match of the night here. I don't know. What do you, what says you, Steven? I, hmm. So if we're not counting the tag match as a match. Oh, my God, the tag match. As a match itself, then, yeah, I, I guess this would have to be match of the night. Okay. Um. Is this the greatest wrestling match in W in in in, in history, Stephen? Dude, no, absolutely not. Like, okay, uh, that, I, that's the question that I think everybody wanted to answer. Right, to, to answer I, I, to. I think that's just the stupidest marketing scheme in the world to me. Like right. you're you're setting well, yourself up for failure. Th- like you can't you can't go in and be like this is going to be the greatest thing in the world because then if it's anything less than that, it's a failure. Well, and then they have like what, what was it? Panic at the Disco, oh, like God. doing the cover of like the Greatest Showman. This is the greatest show. Okay, look, yeah. I like Panic at the Disco a do, lot. Do you? Fever You Can't Sweat Out is one of the best albums of all time. Like that album is insanely good, what? top to bottom, A plus. Do, do wow. you not agree? You don't like that album? No. What? Uh, that era of music is just not my thing. Man. Oh man. We'll, okay, we'll, we'll talk about it later. Okay, that's well, different. That's a different can of worms. Okay, for, well, yeah. <laughs> I love Panic at the Disco. Okay. 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 Well, sure, man. You know, but eat to each their own. But I will be the first one to say they have no place in wrestling. Like pop music does not go with wrestling. It, it's just it's the the theme of it. Like I I don't understand. Like oh my god, it just takes away from it so much. Yeah. You have these guys who are, you know, oiled up, muscular, ready to freaking kill each other. And then you have uh, Brandon Urie going like, Ooh! like in the background. It's just like <laughs> in any other context, I-, I would love this song. But right now you're just taking away from it. And I know I'm going on a yeah, long diatribe, but it's, like it's not goodness, the greatest. Show. It's, it's not the greatest show. <laughs> no, um, I thought it was I thought it was a fine match. Again, the, the first half is, is an awfully slow burn, but I think yes. the second half does pick up some steam. Um, they do lay out a very, very, very good match. Very good. Um, but, um, I, I would certainly stop short of calling it the greatest wrestling match ever. Um, see, I really think the, the main thing that mm. takes away from this match and, and I might be in the minority here, but dude, it's way too long. Like that was so long it's, yeah, for it's, the type of match that it was it's, like it's 45 minutes and, and it's edge and Randy Orton, right? It, it's not. It's not Okada and Omega. Exactly. It's, like it's not it's not Young Bucks and o- o- Omega and Page. Exactly. And, and I'm not trying to take anything away from Edge and, and Randy Orton because they're both clearly very talented 
and dude, they're they're on the main event of a WWE show. Like they're they're big, obviously. Yes. But man, you can't just put anyone out there for forty five minutes and expect to give like a five star match. You what? know, like it's yeah. it's it was very slow. Uh, I think. Um, I I think that it it do, it does have very good aspects to it, and it has yes. it has a lot of things that that go into making a very good match, right? But because it's so long, those kind of moments feel very few and far between. Where mm. it's like you get that big moment, and you're like, oh yeah, this is great, and then they kind of scuffle around the ring for the next five minutes. Oh, and then they do something cool, and, and it, it almost feels like the match is like artificially lengthened, mm. you know? Because there's like there's like these spots that you really care about and that add to the story of the match, and then a whole bunch of nothing, and then another spot. Mm-hmm. Let me talk about something else too. They they brought up how we were going to have enhanced audio and enhanced camera angles. Um, they did throw in uh, a couple nice overhead shots, which um, I think are cool anyway. Yes. Um, uh, but uh, as far as this enhanced audio goes, they did in fact enhance it. They enhanced it with hair dryers. <laughs> it was very obvious in a lot of spots um, that that's what they did. It. Um, to me, it was jarring. Now, some people may like that, and that's fine. It does make the, it does make it feel bigger, as Josh Robinson put it. That's what she said. Um, but like, <laughs> it, it makes it feel bigger if you don't know what's that's going what she, on. That's what she said. You know what uh, I mean? Like, <laughs> yes. no, we're just gonna go past that. Like, <laughs> I'm just gonna pretend you didn't say that. Like, we know. That there's only like thirty people in the crowd, right. so like you piping in sound, like, yeah, like that does nothing. Yeah, like that does nothing. Yeah. I I hear twenty thousand people cheering. Yeah. Like, how am I getting WrestleMania atmosphere, dude? When I look in the crowd and so, there's like fifteen people that I can visually see, dude. So dumb. So and there were yeah. there were multiple parts of the match where they piped in a "This is awesome" chant. And then there were yeah. multiple parts of the match where the the crowd that was actually there would cheer "This is awesome," but they didn't pipe in that. Yeah, they didn't the, enhance the audio. They didn't enhance that audio, <laughs> so so you hear the the fake "This is awesome." Yeah, and, and you can absolutely tell that it's fake because you have the real chant over here, and it sounds like those people want to die or leave. <laughs> so I, I will say that. Uh, they did make this into a good match. I, I know we're complaining on it, but I, I do feel like the ultimate result was a good match. Yeah. It, the, the finish does come pretty suddenly. I will warn you of that. Um, but I mean, just based on the momentum of the match, the, it, it does seem like it kind of came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so, do, do but, you do you prefer uh, their WrestleMania bout or this one? Probably this one, to be really? quite honest with you. Really? I, I thought that their WrestleMania. I mean, I, I've I've seen that match a few times now, mm-hmm. and I've determined that in the moment it felt like a good match. In retrospect, it it's very very long, mm. and I think it has a lot to do with the fact that they go pretty much everywhere all over that performance center, right? Um and, and you're traveling with them all over the place, it does seem like it takes a long time to get to where they need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel like for part of that, that's the case here as well, but the second half of the match does give you a lot more flavor than maybe what their WrestleMania match had. Uh, so sure. so I, I'm actually gonna give this um, I'm gonna give this four and a quarter. 
Wow. I'm going to give it four and a quarter. Wow. Okay. Uh, I thought it I thought it was good. I thought they worked very hard. I thought it was very smart. Um, while heavily edited and uh, um, quote-unquote enhanced, um, I thought that they did a good job here. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I mean, I thought it was a good match, too. Uh, me, personally, I probably would prefer their WrestleMania match a little bit more uh-huh. just because I feel like they nailed what they were going for a little bit better there uh-huh. than with this one. Um, I'm giving this one three and a half. Three and a half. Three okay, and a half. Well, yeah. Good stuff. It was a good match. Good stuff, then. Uh, yeah, overall, Backlash, it's it's fine. Um, mm. This is this is really a one-match show, if I'm being perfectly honest. Though, if you want to throw in the Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley match, then yeah, I mean, I, I would say yes, it is very much a two-match show uh, that, you, that you can tune into. Um, Steven throws up the three. Uh, if you want to throw in the uh, the tag team match that yeah. happens in the middle of it, if you want to call it a match, I'm not calling it a match. It's just a, it's it's just, it's just a thing. Man, right. so much venom. I'm just saying, like so look, much look, venom. Stadium, call him the Viper. Like Stadium Stampede is actually a match, <laughs> and was actually better. So oh, absolutely, it was better. So yeah, no, I don't. I, mean, I don't want to give anybody the illusion that I like this as much as Stadium Stampede. <laughs> Let's not go that far. Yeah, I, I think that this is. I think that would be a a bridge too far. Per se, ah, yes, yes, mm, <laughs> indeed. Um, so with that being said, let's move along here, uh, to uh, some of our listener hot takes. Oh, wait, no, I'm I'm so so kidding. Hold on, do you hear that, Steven? Do you hear that? It's the sound of New Japan coming back. Oh, snap. Oh, snap, indeed. Yes, I nearly forgot about the most important news of the week here, Mm -hmm. the return of New Japan Pro Wrestling. And my goodness, I am so excited. They are giving us the New Japan Cup for 2020, uh, and this is going to have juniors and heavyweights involved. So I am am, am very excited here. so this starts on June 16th, which is uh, this uh, this week. That's hey. going to be a Tuesday. Nice. Um, uh, Togi Makabe will be facing Yoda uh, Suji. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii faces El Desperado. Toriyano faces Jado. And um, uh, uh, Honma. I'm sorry, I can't pronounce the first name. Um, I've, I've never been able to. Honma faces Hiromu Takahashi. Mm. Yes. Mm. So Hiromu... Uh, I think is a big favorite there in that first little quadrant. Mm-hmm. Um, on the 16th, we have Kazuchika Okada facing Ghetto, mm. uh, Yuji Nagata facing Minoru Suzuki, nice. Yuya Unamura facing uh, Kanamaru, and Gabriel Kidd facing Taiji Ishimori. So, again, good Your stuff. Favorite. Taiji Ishimori? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's good. Mm-hmm. He's good. Mm-hmm. I got no problems with him. Mm. Um, let me see here. The 22nd, Hiromu Tanahashi, mm. or Hiroshi Tanahashi, Hiromu Tanahashi. <laughs> you get on out of here. Similar names, yeah. whatever. Hiromu, <laughs> I did it again. Hiroshi Tanahashi <laughs> faces off with my favorite wrestler, just kidding, guys, Taichi. 
Uh, Kota Ibushi faces off with Zack Sabre Jr. Oh, that's a big match. God, that's gonna be good. Raisuke Taguchi faces Sonata, and Sho faces Shingo Takagi. So wow. yes, that's a huge that's a huge card there mm-hmm. uh, on the the twenty second. So don't miss out on the twenty second for sure. And then on the twenty third here we have um, uh, Tenzan versus uh, Yoshihashi, Yo versus Bushi. Uh, Kojima facing Evil and Hiroki Goto uh, facing off with uh, Yujiro Takahashi. Nice. So all good stuff here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steven, New Japan Cup, no Will Ospreay. Yeah. Actually, speaking of the man, uh, Will Ospreay, you you sent me a picture of Will Ospreay. I had I, I have had no visual on Will Ospreay recently. He's now weighing at two twenty seven. God. He and I weigh the same. He's a monster. And this man looks like a tank. Yeah. This man looks uh this man looks deadly. He said on his Twitter that he's probably not going to come back doing all the flippy stuff. So maybe that's going to make or break some hearts here. I don't know. But Will Ospreay is a fantastic wrestler nonetheless, and I think he's going to be able to do some amazing work in the ring regardless. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um I, I feel like he's just trying to throw us off a little bit. Like there, there's no way he's going to get rid of all of it. The, the one thing the one thing that, and this is going to come off as very selfish because I know this has been his dream. He wants to become a heavyweight. He wants to be big. Mm-hmm. Yes. Awesome. I get it. All men at one point or another want to become jacked. Skadoosh. Yes. Yeah. Now, look, Will, you're almost too big now. <laughs> you're almost too big. Like, I wanted there to be that match with you and Okada where it's like, wow, I can't believe Will Ospreay won. I'm so happy that he won and beat Okada in the G1 finals, Mm -hmm. for example. I'll still have a little bit of that moment, but it's more or less going to be replaced by these feelings of, oh my God, Okada just got attacked by a polar bear (laughs) and and he's left for dead in the ring um, after the most dominant G1 final performance ever. Of all time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, he does look like a beast now. He he looks monstrous. It's pretty crazy. I'm actually scared of uh-huh. four four people. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. Will take take it easy. You might just behead on, somebody on, on the, the next Oz cutter. <laughs> yeah, take take it easy on the meats. Mm-hmm. You know the the carbs. You know you you. I'm not gonna say you could stand to lose some weight. I'm not saying that. <laughs> Just saying, man. It's a lot of G's. We're gonna we're a lot gonna, of G force. A lot of G force. <laughs> we're gonna we're we're just gonna miss having the Will Osprey that we all grew up loving, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, of course. So yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm excited about the future for you, Will. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, back to my question. Uh huh. Any favorites in this field stand out to you here, Stephen, for the uh, New Japan Cup? Hmm. Hmm. Got to go with my boy Zack Saber Jr. Wow, you like mm-hmm. Zack? Mm-hmm. Wow, big fan of Zack. Zack's one of the. I mean, and Zack's one of those guys. He's got the submissions. I mean, you can put him up against anybody, and it's fine. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. he can take him out. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I've seen him take on Bad Luck Folly. Like, it, it's fine. <laughs> so yeah, I I got Zack on this one. Okay, what about you? It's a fair pick. Um, well, and this is maybe a bit cliche, but I feel like this is the bridge that they would cross. Um. 
Hiromu Takahashi. Mm. I, I feel like it would be history making if uh, Hiromu wins this as a junior. And um, yeah, they they were going to have the Hiromu Takahashi versus Naito match. You know, all Lij. You know, um, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. But we didn't get that match because you know, the Rona. The Rona. Right. Mm-hmm. So, based on that. I, I have a strong feeling that uh, uh, Hiromu is going to defy the odds, and being one of New Japan's most popular wrestlers, uh, he will go on and face uh, his fellow stablemate Naito for uh, one dim titles there. Mm-hmm. I, I guess it's the heavyweight. You know, I guess we'll face him for the heavyweight title. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that would, that would actually be at Dominion, uh, which will precede uh, the finals of the New Japan Cup. Um, the finals of the New Japan Cup being, of course, on July the 11th. So you know me, I love my tournaments. Yes. This thing's going to go and last a whole month. And then, fingers crossed, we're going to get some G1 here this year. New Japan's already planning on having partial crowds come in. This is going to be a lot of fun, you guys. Mm -hmm. I'm super excited. We're going to have some great wrestling once again. Steven, I cannot emphasize enough how happy I am that New Japan's back. Yeah. Well, see, the the thing with like all the different wrestling promotions is they all do something the best. You know what I mean? And, and New Japan specifically, they have the best wrestling. Just hands down. J- just in terms of what happens in the ring, they have the best wrestling. So yeah. th- there's there's been a piece missing in the wrestling world. Yeah, uh, I mean, AEW has filled that void pretty well I mean, in, yeah. its, in its absence. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I I love AEW, so yes, obviously I agree with you, but New Japan just, like, they have a, a higher average mm-hmm. for their matches, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. AEW, they'll they'll throw in a squash match every the, now and then, the, it's the, like, eh. like they, will, they will have your, your Omega and Page versus Young Bucks matches, they will have your epic matches, mm-hmm. uh, and it'll be a lot of good times, right? But but they are they you know, they will have their squash matches as you put it they will right. have the the sometimes not so good matches mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah no. well it is a, it's the it's the weekly TV they they always got to keep put hey, you, keep putting stuff out you, you got know? you got to put in the content yeah see yeah. With, with with New Japan they they get a little bit more time to to really hammer out something really special whereas AEW not saying they're not special obviously AEW is great uh, but with them being on weekly TV. It, a lot of it is okay. We got to get something out. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. So mm-hmm. sometimes the quality can suffer a little bit just because you have to get so much out all the time. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but anyways, anyway, we went on a whole tangent. Yes. New Japan. Good times. It's gonna be great. It's gonna yeah. be great. But now, mm-hmm. hot takes. <laughs> yes. This is the part of the show where we take your hottest takes. Sizzling opinions and most burning questions you wrote to us on Twitter, and here we're gonna address them, and of course give you a shout out. Yes, indeed. Uh, so our first, uh, our our first listener here, uh, our good friend Conrad from Everything Pro Wrestling Podcast. Hey, how's it going, Conrad? Uh, he's at EPW Show on Twitter. Um, He's asking, actually, this week about Impact Wrestling. Uh, Question one, what are your thoughts on Impact Wrestling using more of the name TNA Wrestling? Does the brand have an identity problem? Um, I don't watch enough Impact, to be honest. So I I think that there is a bit of a problem because they... 
for so long they were known as TNA Wrestling. Right. A very, very long time. And then they became, what was that, Global whatever. Yeah, they, they became like Global Wrestling or Global something. Goodness. They had an owl. It was kind of crazy. I missed that. Yeah. Okay. It's cra- is a is a strange time. Yeah. Um and then and then became Impact Wrestling, right? Um so yeah, I mean they've changed their name quite a bit, but it's always remained fairly the same product. Um it's hard to kind of escape your roots from that because WWE's always I mean, they've always either been WWE or WWF. Um if you want to go all the way back in the time machine it was WWF, but yeah, it is what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, their product, re- I guess, stayed relatively the same, whereas Impact has gone from shuffle to shuffle to shuffle to shuffle to shuffle. So yeah, a lot's happened on Impact. Um, but I will say, uh, to their credit, they have improved their product since becoming Impact again, and I think they're becoming more and more relevant. I, I, I see all the time on my timeline on Twitter how many people are really enjoying Impact Wrestling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, from the from the bit that I am able to watch, um, you know, when I get the time, it is uh, it, it is good. Mm-hmm. It's, it's good stuff. Um, Conrad also adds, uh, I wanted your overall thoughts on Tessa Blanchard's world title reign so far. Uh, has this story gained or lost momentum? Um, so it's it's hard to say because Tessa's title reign came very. I mean, it, it it wasn't long before, you know, the 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 Rona, right? Mm-hmm. It, you know, yeah, that that title reign didn't have a lot of chance to really breathe mm-hmm. all that much, and um, before this all happened, before it had to put a mask on. <laughs> God. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, but I will also say at the same time. Part of the problem too was there was a lot of controversy around Tessa's title win and the timing of it, particularly mm. when it comes to some of her comments that were made around that time. Right. And these comments are especially relevant today. So that's that's hard to uh, that's hard to register that, right? That's hard to consolidate all of that and 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 really ask, uh, you know, about Tessa's title reign. Where is it at right now? I think it has a chance to be revitalized. I think it has a chance to still be great. Um, but I think the story itself did sour a bit after those comments became public mm-hmm. and she's denied said comments. You can go back and research this yourselves, listeners. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. The story with Sammy Callahan was very, very good. Very well done, I will say, though. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my two cents. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think a lot of it just comes down to like it's really hard to keep momentum going right now. Like yeah, it, with that, anything. With, with, with ask anything. WWE. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Ask I mean ask WWE. Ask New Japan. They've had to shut down for a little bit. Ask AEW. I mean, I I, I almost think that New Japan was the smartest in all this by saying, hey, let's. We're shutting down for a while. We're taking a breather. Nobody's going to do anything, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, with, with WWE and AEW, they don't really have that option. They have contracts, obligations that that they have. You know, their their sponsors or whatever are guaranteed a certain number of shows per year and things like that. So, like, well, they well they they make these excuses, and and we I'm gonna I have a whole thi- I have a whole rant planned for later here. Mm-hmm. But they make these excuses. Well, New Japan is also very much a publicly traded company, mm-hmm. being owned by Bushi Road, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we can 
we can apologize for WWE having to do all of this mm-hmm. when it's not even really like a, it's not even really like a thing, right? Like they could have done they could have done a whole lot of other things than what they they chose to do, which is fine. Yeah, I get it, but we, we wouldn't a- have had some of the matches that we've had. On average, I would say that uh, that uh, American companies putting profit over people is not. Oh, it's, it's it's not, not an outlandish it's, thing. It's not outrageous. No, when it, yeah, yeah, that's uh, I I agree. I would actually find it way way weirder if AEW or WWE actually shut down and be like, "Whoa, what the hell? Mm. Where is Vince at?" He would never do that. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, Fair enough. Yeah. Well, let's move on to a less contentious topic here okay. because I do have this whole rant planned for later. Okay. Um, Josh Robinson. Oh, actually, yes. Uh, first off, thanks, Conrad, yes, for your thank questions. You. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Uh, Josh Robinson at Josh Rob- Robinson zero zero uh, asks Page Hall of Fame or Nah Page yes um, Page I would say yes pa- Page is actually if you ask a lot of the leading female wrestlers uh, right now Page is a, certainly a, a big influence mm-hmm. um, she was very she had a very young and a relatively short career um, but she did make a huge impact um, she multiple title reigns. Um. Yeah, good performer. It's sad that uh, her in-ring career was cut short, mm-hmm. but you know that is what it is. Uh, yes, Paige. I I would agree. She's a Hall of Fame worthy. Yeah, I I think I would agree with that. I, I think the only real point of contention that you can bring up for that is just how short it was. Um, there, you know, she doesn't have a huge body of work or anything. Uh, but she was very in- influential in the in the short amount of time that she was there. So yeah, I would agree. Indeed. Uh, let's see here. Another good friend of ours, Mags, hey, all pods at DEJ Kirkby on Twitter. You can hear Mags as well as, uh, foul original and, uh, Kurt Johansson, uh, on, uh, Kurt from Kurt's angle and ringsiders, uh, on last week's episode, uh, after dark four, where we talk all about NXT in your house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was very fun. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And that was recorded in our house mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In in my house. Really. It's true. Yeah. I was about to say, am I moving in? Like, what's... I mean, who knows, you know? We'll talk about it later. Yeah. Um, Mag says, my hot take is that is that now New Japan is back, most wrestling will have to work harder to keep me invested. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that uh, New Japan is going to make a lot of people, uh, you know, uh, have to rethink their... Their, their their time, you know? Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah. New Japan, like Steven pointed out quite brilliantly, it is perhaps the best wrestling product on the planet. Uh, it's certainly that way in my professional opinion. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, wrestling's going to have to work a lot harder now that New Japan is back. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I, I think specifically AEW needs to work a lot harder now that New Japan is back. Um, I think AEW is going to raise their game automatically. Yes. Uh, uh, WWE doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're going to they're gonna do what they want to. Yeah. I, I think that there are going to be a core constituent, a, a core contingency within WWE. They're going to be like, oh, man, New Japan just came back. You know, let's try and work a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but, um, you know, it's... Um, it's um, it's, it's not going to be for everybody. Yeah, it's not. It's not everybody's cup of tea. Yeah, yeah. So you know, we'll see. Yeah, I uh, mean, competition is good. 
Uh, I, I definitely think that everyone's going to have to step up their game, specifically in terms of just the actual wrestling itself. Mm, yes. But WWE's... They, they they do their own thing. They yes. they they just do their own thing. So, yeah. well, thank you, Mags, for your hot take. Yes, thank you, Mags. Mm-hmm. The Queen of Ne on Twitter at the Queen of Ne. Hi, Queen. Hi, Queen. Uh, she asks in all caps, "Why is New Japan Pro Wrestling the best ever?" Yes. Why is New Japan Wrestling the best ever, Stephen? Because they consistently put on the highest quality matches. Yes. I don't know. They I, they probably have the the best ros- roster of just pure wrestlers of any promotion. Yeah, and, and, and I feel like in turn with that they also provide amazing storytelling. Mm-hmm. They have consistently amazing tournaments. Mm-hmm. Yes, they have some of the most talented people uh, in the world on their roster. I mm-hmm. mean, you look at uh, legends like um, like Naito, like Tanahashi, like Okada. You've got guys like Ibushi, guys like Will Ospreay. Uh, you've got the whole entire juniors division, which is always on fire. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, w- what more could you want? I mean, you got you got the best technical wrestler on the planet in Zack Sabre Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, you really can't go wrong there. You occasionally get John Moxley. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Occasionally get Jericho. It's Jericho. Mm-hmm. You know, FTR wants to go over there. Mm-hmm. Brody Lee apparently wants to go over there. I'm actually really excited for FTR to to go to New Japan. That would be interesting. Yeah, it would be quite interesting. I'm I am down for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. So New Japan is certainly, in my opinion, the best ever. <laughs> so thank you, Queen, for for sharing your hot take with us. Yes, thank you. I agree. <laughs> uh, Justin Poxic. At Poxic Justin on Twitter. Hey, Justin. Hey, Justin. How's it going? Um, he says, hot take. Popular, he, actually, it's a popular opinion. Oh, okay. Popular opinion. Uh, WWE sucks. AEW rules. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, I guess this is the part where I maybe should break out my rant here. Um, um you know, I'll save it for a little bit later. I'll just save it just for a little bit later. I want to. I want to build up the steam for okay. this thing here. Okay. Um, I I can't outright say that WWE completely sucks. Right. Um, I mean, just just tonight we we got a few reasons as to why they don't. Yeah. They 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 have. They have so much potential to do so much good, yet. I think that their problem is is that they consistently squander it, um, and uh, and and maybe that's just my take here. I know that there is there's a lot of people who are more optimistic about WWE's product than I am. Uh, if you want that, you can go check out Josh Robinson's show on the Josh Robinson Network. Um, but uh, you know, it's it is of my opinion that uh, WWE can consistently squander its talent when they seemingly have something great. Uh, Ricochet is the prime example of that right now. Nakamura uh, is another prime example of that. Cesaro has been <sighs> underutilized for years. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that they could have done differently and should be doing differently, but they don't. Right? They don't pull that trigger. Um, AEW is a very new product. It has no problem with listening to its fans. It has um, no issue, really, with um, uh, pivoting to make itself better, right? 
Um, and so far, they've consistently put on a great weekly product. Mm-hmm. So um, I can't hate on anybody loving AEW more than WWE. Right. Um, I will say if WWE really raised their game and actually acted to full potential, it would be great too. Mm-hmm. But, you know, those, those are the bricks, kids. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think the the big thing setting WWE and AEW aside is the fact, like you mentioned, that AEW is not afraid to listen to their fans. Um, specifically, take a look at the whole uh, Nightmare Collective thing that, that Brandy had going on with, with Awesome Kong. It was weird as hell, and no one liked it, and they listened to that, and now that's not a thing anymore, you know? And that's just AEW straight up listening to their fans be like, hey, we don't really like that thing you're doing. Okay, cool. We'll do something else then. Um, and then take a look at WWE with the Bobby Lashley Lana storyline. There's a bunch of people being like, oh my God, this is awful. And they ran that all the way to completion and, and it's still going on, you know? Yeah. So I think that's one of the biggest things with, with WWE. You have a, a huge team. Uh, you know, working together to to put on these shows, there there's lots of of different hands in the pot, uh, which leads to a, a kind of incohesive, confusing product. Whereas AEW, they have a small number of people that listen to their fans and, and want to put on a good show for the fans, and what we get is a more cohesive product. Right. Well, and I think I think Tony Khan's main uh, you know objective here in all this is that he wanted to put on a different product. Right. And that's exactly what we're getting out of AEW, right? Yeah. That's that's what at it, at its core is what it is. Um, but yes, Justin, thank you for your popular opinion. Yeah, thank you. Mm, mm. Noob and Co. at noob underscore n underscore co 1991. Do you want to see the Asuka and Charlotte Flair storyline happen at SummerSlam or WrestleMania 37? Because I think WrestleMania is the starting point uh, of their beginning. What better way uh, to end it where it all began? Um, yeah, I mean, if we have to pull the trigger on Charlotte versus Asuka again, mm-hmm. uh, preferably Asuka should win at WrestleMania 37. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like it may happen sooner than that because Charlotte's already back on Raw. She's right. already trying to challenge Asuka for the title. Asuka is... Um, unfortunately not looking like a relevant champion because it feels like she can't get a win to save her life now that she has the title, which is certainly sad. Um, but I would, um, you know, I, I would like to see Asuka for once go over on Charlotte. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think it, it's much better for them to, to blow off this feud at WrestleMania for sure. I mean, just it, it's, Asuka and Charlotte Flair, just that match on paper, that it's huge. Like that's a WrestleMania worthy match for sure. Um, I don't know. We might get it sooner, like you said, because Charlotte's back on Raw and they they seem to be steamrolling this thing. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll have it at Survivor Series. Maybe we'll have it at WrestleMania. I I personally think it makes more sense at WrestleMania, but the timing might not work out. So yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. So thank you, Noob and Co. Yeah, for your question. Thank you. Uh, Aussie Lucian blogs and podcasts at Aussie Lucian. 
asks, if you could have a New Japan versus Impact versus WWE versus AEW Mania-like super show, what would the card look like and who would be going over? Goodness. Um, well, I can tell you this, uh, to answer the latter part of the question, who would be going over? I think you'd have representation of all of these companies going over to, to some degree, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, I think that would happen. Um, as far as what I would want to see happen... Um, obviously you got to go with something like, you know, um, I mean, there's, there's definitely dream matches of mine that, that would have to be on this card. Mm -hmm. Like, um, like you would have to do Kenny, uh, versus either Gargano or Ciampa. One of the two. Yeah. Um, I, either which way would be great. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you would have to do things like maybe, maybe like Ibushi versus Matt Riddle, Mm. I think could be interesting. I just think uh, I was just thinking Cesaro versus Lance Archer would be a killer match. Cesaro versus Lance Archer, Lance Archer would mm-hmm. be good. Um, I mean, you could have uh, you know some champion versus champion type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, you could put Tesla, uh, Tesla, <laughs> uh, Tessa Blanchard versus uh, versus Charlotte Flair. I think that would be good. You know, finally settle out who's the 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 best woman of her generation in yeah. wrestling. Um, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Daniel Bryan. Yes, that's that's a mm. must-have. Mm-hmm. That's certainly a must-have. Um, let me see here. Uh, Okada would have to face somebody. Um, I mean, you know, if it if it took place right now, Okada McIntyre probably. Yeah, I could see Okada and McIntyre. That would mm-hmm. be good. I could even maybe even see like Okada versus Volter. I think that would probably be pretty spicy. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see here. Da, 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 da. Um, hmm. Maybe like John Moxley versus Sammy Callahan. Mm, that seems mm. like it would be a good move. Um, just, yeah. I'm just not too familiar with a lot of Impact wrestlers. Yeah, you're gonna have to catch up some on some uh, some Impact. Yeah. That's, see, I'm I'm WWE, AEW, New yeah. Japan. Yeah. Like those are my three. Yeah. Yeah. That's not too bad. You can't. You you could go. We could go way worse than that. I mean, yeah. I, I, but but like we were saying, I mean, I've heard nothing but great things about Impact recently, so mm-hmm. might be time for me to check it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. Any any other good ones? Mm. Uh, maybe Will, Will Osprey also has to have a match here somewhere on the card. Um, are, are we are we going junior? Will Osprey or heavyweight? Well, I Will mean, Ospreay? I mean, we 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 can't go backwards from Beefcake Osprey. I mean, we could. <laughs> you say Osprey Ricochet? Yeah, I mean, you could redo Osprey versus Ricochet, but again, it looked like like you know Ricochet's in the ring with like a grizzly bear, yeah, yeah. who's <laughs> who's about to maul him. Um, yeah, maybe maybe finally settle you know Osprey versus uh, versus Seth Rollins once and for all. Ooh, yeah, yeah. That wouldn't be too. That wouldn't be too bad. Yeah. I think. I think I could work. Yeah. Um, plus, Seth would play the natural heel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good, good. Good question here, Aussie Lucian. Thank you. Yeah. For your question, man. Lots you can th- make so many good matches there. Lots to think about. Yeah. For sure. Um, Wagons and Warpaths. Our friend Anthony from uh, uh, Wagons and Warpaths and the Dits on Wrestling Show. Who? Uh, Hello. You know. I'm waiting. <laughs> You know, I'm just sitting here, you know, just Crack, uh, cracking the knuckles, thinking about, uh, you know, that rematch, that rematch. Yep. <sighs> yeah. Just, uh, I'm training every day in the gym waiting, you know, it's, it's just really, yeah. Steve, Steven's uh, got my, 
my uh <laughs> i don't even know what those are called those hand strengtheners yeah yeah good stuff um anyway anthony from wagons and warpads at wagons underscore warpads on twitter i don't know if this is a hot take or not but charlotte flair's title reigns are worthless to me there's so, been so many in such a short period of time and none of them have been memorable uh she gets to have every first and win titles and then nothing happens rinse repeat uh, i agree yeah i mean uh pretty straightforward i i agree with the overall sentiment of that i i, I do give one reservation about it uh in regards to um the the rivalry with sasha banks i think that that was a very memorable rivalry um but yeah i think the push is far too hard for her to have all these title reigns and to match her father's legacy and be the greatest women's wrestler of all time um yeah i mean it's it's so transparent that this is, you know, a work, um, you know, that you can't even, I mean, you can't even pass it off as being like, hey, you know, uh, <laughs> what's that term that you always like to use, Stephen, where you, um, you know, you take your expectations and you, you, you throw them in the laundry detergent. You, I don't <laughs> What? <laughs> you know, uh, you have to, you have to lift your... You have to lift your temper. No, uh, temper your expectations. No, not temper your expectations. You have to uh, put the put the veil. The, put... Suspend your disbelief. There you go. Yeah, that's the thing. That's that's the one. <laughs> yes, you but have to no, suspend I, I, your disbelief. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, I I definitely agree about about the whole Charlotte thing. Uh, put the thing in the laundry. The, the thing in the stuff in the laundry <laughs> in the temper. <laughs> no, I uh, Tanner said it best. I mean, I, I agree. Yeah. Well, thanks, Stephen. Thank you for clarifying that so that I didn't look like a jackass. Oh, goodness. Okay. All right. Rant time. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Go All ahead. Right. All right. I don't All even right. know what this rant is about. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I'm about to about to go full bore on this. So, United by Wrestling, our friends at United by Wrestling on Twitter, at UTD by Wrestling, what are your thoughts on Paul Heyman being fired and Bruce Pritchard being head of creative over everything? Mm, this will be a fiery rant. SmackDown versus Raw. I will clarify that. It's, it's, it's SmackDown and Raw. NXT is still independent. Yeah. I do want to make a clear note of that. H. Not a hot question, uh, not a hot take, but a question I'm very interested to hear your take on. So, Paul Heyman, of course, is no longer in charge of creative on Raw. Bruce Prichard is in charge of creative for everything. And I read an article today that USA Network is not too pleased by this because they feel like they were not given the green light. They felt like, even though the numbers haven't been great for Raw, that uh, Paul Heyman uh, was a... At least improving things. It was a breath of fresh air. Things were going creatively in the right direction, right? And um, I, I got to hear a, you know, um, I guess a, a video, a YouTube video by our friend Anthony uh, at Smark to Death, mm-hmm. uh, who's a great chap. He's here in Texas with yeah. us. Good lad. Good, good guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he was kind of talking about the the ever spinning merry go round of these people who assume control in WWE and then leave. And then, you know, it, it, it's always um, rinse and repeat, as our other friend Anthony from Waggons and Warpaths put. Um, you know, they, they hire the same people, and nothing ever seems to make true progress here, right? And I feel like that's symptomatic of a much larger problem here, in that um, WWE, when they first 
killed off their competition effectively 20 years ago. They bought out ECW. They bought out WCW. WWE was really and truly doing their damnedest to close the door on practically all this professional wrestling stuff and move into this sports entertainment environment and basically be wrestling for the masses. And that's what they really are to this day, right? You know, it, it's 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 wrestling for somebody who doesn't really want to get into wrestling, but it's 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 entertainment, right? Um the thing is is that they never really shut the door all the way, right? And we can talk about Ring of Honor and uh, and TNA, now Impact. We can talk about those companies kind of uh, uh, leading the charge in uh, this alternative world of wrestling. And we can talk about the rise of New Japan Pro Wrestling coming into focus and, and having these out-of-this-world these out-of-this-world matches and, and these kind of things. There are landmarks here along the way. Um... You know, things like, um, obviously, the Kenny Omega and Kazuchika Okada match. That's probably one of the most important, you know, uh, stepping stones here along the trail uh, to today, right? Because that match brought a lot of interest from the West in, in that, hey, you've got this guy, Kenny Omega, who is who was wrestling these out-of-this-world matches and, and had one of the greatest matches of all time with this other guy, Kazuchika Okada. Well, who's Kazucho Okada? Who are all these other people on New Japan that maybe I should care about more, right? So, you know, the very next year, you have another big stepping stone. You have Chris Jericho going into uh, New Japan to face Kenny Omega. First time ever that, that, that Chris Jericho has worked anywhere else besides WWE, you know, since WCW was even a thing, right? Um, that's a very big, important landmark, and that really sets a lot of the stage for AEW, right? You have Cody leaving WWE. He goes out on his own. He he gets with the Young Bucks. He gets with the Bullet Club. He gets to know Kenny. All of these other steps happen, and, and they domino effect into AEW being created and providing a Western alternative to WWE. All the while, like I said, you've had New Japan putting on killer matches and having great talent. Um... You have NXT being created uh, basically by force of hand because there is now this alternative universe where people are like, wow, we actually like pro wrestling instead of this other product that is so mainstream. Sports entertainment. Right. Right. Um, So I guess to answer your question the best way here... um, I think that WWE has a systematic problem as long as Vince is around that he's only going to hire that people that he knows from the past and trusts. Vince is not a kind of person who is going to take a chance like that with hiring somebody who, you know, he he's not going to hire an outsider to try and reinvent his wheel per se. No matter how messed up that we think his wheel is, it's just but not. But he built it. Right, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a wheel that in his mind he built, mm-hmm. and he doesn't want anybody to to you know redo that right. for him. Right, right, and 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 even the people that he does trust around him, they always seem to come and go. Right, there's always that consistent path here. They're not doing anything exciting like New Japan does. They're not you know they're not doing anything exciting like AEW does. It it continues to stay 
in kind of this state of being. Yeah. And, and it's not like they have to answer to anybody for that. They have investors to answer to. And I think that perhaps WWE is okay with that. They, um, they come across as very much okay with not having to provide the best wrestling product ever. They just want to make sure that, um, that they get great advertising, that they make their TV revenue, that, um, you know, that, that they stay relevant with their investors. And that's really about it, right? You know, I don't want to, I don't want to outright say that WWE does not care about you because they probably do a little bit, but that's not, that's not their first, that that's not in their philosophy. That's not their first priority. Whereas with AEW and New Japan and some of these other companies out there, they believe that if we put on great matches, the people will come, mm-hmm. right? So and that's been proven, and that's been proven, mm-hmm. right? Um, so again, as far as Bruce Pritchard goes, he's had a he's put on abysmal SmackDown shows. I really fear for guys like Aleister Black. I really fear for guys like Ricochet, like Cedric Alexander, even Apollo Cruz, who's your new United States champion. I feel I fear for guys like Apollo, uh, not Apollo, but uh, Andrade, mm-hmm. Angel Garza. I fear for these guys because I don't think Bruce Pritchard's gonna know what to do with them. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, he's either gonna do something incredibly tacky, like he did with you know Jeff Hardy. Oh God. Or you know it's gonna be it's gonna be some other kind of BS that's just not that great. Mm-hmm. I've never personally liked or found anything any of his takes on his podcast entertaining or relevant. They all feel very old, very old fashioned. Uh, we need wrestling to move forward, not backward, and that's mm-hmm. exactly what this move signifies. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's. Uh... I think that's probably the biggest point uh, about your whole rant is the the word that kept popping up, past, the past, all in the past. Everyone that Vince hires is past friends. You know, uh, Bruce Pitchard is stuck in the past. Like mm. like you said, we need this to go forward. We need we need it to move forward. You need to bring in new people. Yeah, people that don't have don't have the baggage uh, of all these years uh, of being around WWE and and having to work around Vince and and things like that. Like you need someone with a fresh take on it. Well, and that's, and that's the thing like, like, and, and, and as, as somebody who still loves NXT and deep in my heart, as disappointed as I was in, in what they did at, uh, in your house. Right. Like I, I still want them to succeed. They have a lot of people that I enjoy watching. Right, um, but see, I, I think what we're going through here is uh, WWE for the longest time didn't have to care what the fans thought right. because they were they were the only option. Like that, that's it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can watch Ring of Honor. Yeah, you can watch New Japan if you want to. But like in terms of like the Western audience, that was your choice was WWE, and, and so they didn't really have to listen to their fans. But now. AEW is hot on the heels of NXT and hot on the heels of WWE as a whole, but WWE hasn't transitioned into the new model of, hey, we need to give the people what they want so that they will keep coming back. They're still stuck in this model of, hey, we need to make sure that we're still making money for the shareholders. You know what they did that really shot themselves in the foot? Hmm. They, they, 
they wanted themselves to become relevant on Twitter, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. that opened up the doors for a lot of people to say, you know, there's all this other stuff out there. And they can quite, they, believe me, folks, when you're posting about AEW being better than WWE and, and New Japan being awesome, they can see all of this stuff, oh, right? Yeah. It's very quite clear to them. They do a lot of market research into Twitter, right? Um, the problem is, 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 again, they're not bringing in that new blood that, they, that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's why WWE fans get really defensive about their product when you go and and talk down on it, right? Mm-hmm. When you're like, man, AEW is so much better than WWE, right? You know, WWE fans are like, oh, WWE didn't do anything wrong. It's still the same product that I know and enjoy, and blah blah blah, right? Yeah, but that's the problem, right? It's the same, and the other person on the other side of that argument feels, in some way, like they got betrayed somewhere in the whole realm of things. Right, right. right? That, that, that somehow that WWE product no longer satisfied their needs for what they wanted out of that product. Mm-hmm. So they left, and that's fine, mm-hmm. right? We all can enjoy good pro wrestling. That's that's great. That's, that's ultimately the goal, right? right? But would I absolutely want to see WWE do things better? Yes. Mm-hmm. With moves like this, it's awfully counterintuitive, is... is you know, largely my point. No, absolutely. You're you're a hundred percent right, and uh, it, it does not bode well. I will say for for the the not so distant future of WWE, definitely does not <laughs> bode well. No. Um. They there's some massive, massive sweeping changes that need to happen with WWE in order for them to really get back in the spotlight of like actually a a a plus wrestling company because right now they're they're i don't want to be too hard on it but they're they're peddling this sports entertainment thing right mm. and and like you said it's wrestling for the masses blah 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 that's cool but uh the masses have a lot of options now mm. and so you, you have to give them a better product or they're going to go to the other product yeah fair very fair uh let me see here uh, we have a, well, and thank you, Yon by Wrestling, for your question, and, uh, thank you, everybody, for letting me rant. Yeah. Because I think that, that helped get a lot off my chest. I'm glad you feel better. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Benji, at, uh, Benji Calavera, and that's Benji, B-E-N-J-I, mm. Benji, mm. uh, Cal- at Benji Calavera on Twitter. Benji says, Drew McIntyre is corny AF and is nothing but a cheap knockoff of what Roman Reigns was doing. Um, hmm. I mean, is some of what he does hokey? Absolutely, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is WWE. Mm-hmm. I just talked about it for like extemporaneously for like 10 minutes. Yeah. Right? It's going to be corny. Um, I do think that Drew McIntyre is quite a different wrestler and performer in the ring than Roman Reigns. He's He's a lot more experienced than Roman Reigns. Uh, he's got a he's got a different flair to him than Roman Reigns does. Mm-hmm. Not that there's anything wrong with Roman, but Drew does things differently, and Drew feels like more of a legitimate champion than Roman Reigns ever did. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. I, I think with with WWE in particular, their champions and specifically like the the big champions like the WWE Universal. If it's not Brock Lesnar, there's always a little bit of that hokiness to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't, I don't really know what it is. I, I don't know. 
necessarily why they do it, but like their 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 big guy always has that like quirky likeness to them, you know, and, and that's always how it's been. Um, now I will say Drew McIntyre is way more captivating to me than Roman Reigns, like facts a hundred percent facts. Um, Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns are are they're not even on the same page. They're not even in the same book for me in terms of just performing. Um, now I'll be the first to say that I was not sold on Drew McIntyre for a very very long time, but the changes that they that they did to him leading up to his uh, title victory, I think were great. And I, I think really made people care about Drew in, in a way that really no one did in, in a very long time. Um, so I definitely I definitely can see what you're saying. And I would almost even agree with you if we were talking about Drew like a year ago. Hmm. Um, but, but Drew now? He feels different. He feels way different. He feels yeah. way different. And yes, he does have that little bit of hokiness to him, but... That's a WWE champion for you, you know. Yeah, it's, so it's, that's a WWE thing. Yeah, like that's that's a character trope that they like to instill in a lot of their champions. So mm-hmm. I mean, for better or worse, you might like it, you might not. But it, I wouldn't say that that's a off the wall thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. But thank you, Benji, for your hot take. That was quite spicy, mm, indeed. Uh, Nick. At Nick underscore that guy 411 on Twitter says, I'm going to be in trouble for this one. Oh, shit. <laughs> Due to the PC nature and topics of debate coupled with the lack of kayfabe on social media, storylines are suffering and wrestling as a whole is falling off. Why is that's That's why WWE, or that's why, I'm sorry, that's why Undertaker is still wrestling and The Fiend is so over. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, I think this this mm. kind of piggybacks off of the thing you said, where where they kind of shot themselves in the foot by by moving a lot of their their story mm-hmm. to Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I mean, I don't think that's why the Undertaker is still wrestling and why the Fiend. Maybe that, that's maybe a symptom of why the Fiend is so over. I I, I think that people just had a guttural reaction to the Fiend mm-hmm. <laughs> upon Raw, and then it got on social media, and then people made it a thing. Right. Right. The right. Fiend is a very meme worthy. Character, mm-hmm. right? And Bray Wyatt uh, really excelled at making it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, is this why the Undertaker is still wrestling? No, um, the Undertaker is still wrestling because a he chooses to, b because Vince pays him a lot of money, mm-hmm. a lot of money, mm-hmm. and, and and c he's kind of got a reputation for doing so, right? You know, he keeps coming back. Um, you know, so, I mean, it is what it is. As far as the wrestling storylines and kayfabe kind of being shattered by social media, yes, absolutely, that is a part of it here. Um, but I think that WWE is more of a victim of that than AEW. AEW kind of uses that as a tool to kind of gauge things, mm-hmm. whereas WWE does this because it's like, oh, this is a whole other adventure where we can, you know, put all of our stuff on here. Yeah, well, yeah. well I think AEW uses it as a tool, more than more than WWE does, because like if you take a look at a lot of AEW wrestlers, like take a take a look at Adam Page's Twitter, take a look at MJF's Twitter, like they're in character. Yeah, like hundred percent all the time. They're always in character. Look at like look at MJF at like uh like autograph signings. Like he he's flipping off like he's, disabled people. He's like, always the I don't I've never seen that. Oh, you haven't? <laughs> no, I. It's have absolutely not. a thing. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Huh. The, it there was a story about it. 
the guy like asked him to do that. Oh, okay. Like whatever. It, it okay. wasn't. Th- thank you for clarifying. That, yeah. Because it's like, wow, MJF's like actually a dick in real life. No. No. Um, no. But but I agree. He stays in character pretty much one hundred percent. Yeah. Right. And and I think that's that's the big difference between WWE and AEW. Is AEW, yes, they use Twitter, but it's it's in character. It's used as a tool to to further stories and further character development of their characters whereas wwe it's like okay here's all this crazy stuff that's going on on raw and then seth rollins is like oh man that burger was great you know and, and it's just like oh there's alistair black he's jumping on me yeah it's yeah. it's like dude yeah. come on now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so th- t- on your point uh yes I-, I do think that that twitter is uh doing at least the wwe side of things a massive disservice yes massive yes indeed um, let me see here. So thank you, Nick, for your question. Yeah. Much appreciated. Or rather, your, your hot take. That was a good one. Um, let's see here. Pink Suit Henry at Pink Suit Henry on Twitter. Nice name. Yes. Uh, he, Henry, uh, he's got quite a few hot takes, it looks like. Right on. Um, first one, John Moxley's overrated, in my opinion. I sincerely never gotten the hype. Um, sorry to hear that. That's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's awful. That's a fair um, take. I mean, it's uh, every, not everybody's supposed to like John Moxley, I suppose. Yeah, that's uh, just the roll of the dice sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry to hear you don't like him, though. Yeah, that's, uh, that saddens me. I mean, yeah, um, not not everyone's gonna love everybody. I get it. Yeah. I love John Moxley. Uh, I mean, one of the main reasons I love John Moxley is consistency. Uh, he just has consistently great matches. Yeah. Um, but hey, if you're not a fan, that's fine. Yeah, that's cool. You, I mean, you can like a whole bunch of other wrestlers. There's Absolutely. a lot of them out there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, I, I hope you have a wrestler that you really like, Henry. Um, Xavier Woods should be the next member of the New Day to win a world title. Um, I mean, I mean, Big E, Big E should win a world title. I think I I would go Big E personally. I, I find, and it's not just that he's big, but I find e. that he's a more yeah, right Big <laughs> E. Um, but I find that he's he's a more believable world champion, perhaps mm-hmm. than than Xavier Woods. Uh, but who knows? I mean, well, he just has that like, and, and I hate saying this because it's dumb, but he has that like it factor to him where like yes. you just you want to hear you want to listen to him talk. Yeah, yeah, you know, not that you don't want to hear Xavier Woods talk. No, but I think Xavier Woods is exceptionally good at talking, mm-hmm. and while he's also good in the ring, um, there's just something about Big E that I I think that the that that, that I uh, would be fond of seeing him as a champion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now, my, my take. Xavier Woods would be a fine champion, I think. But if we're going just strictly out of the new day, I would go Biggie just over Xavier, just over. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone dogs on TNA, uh, but put on uh, some really good shows. Um, well, I- Impact, yeah, 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 yeah Impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they put on Impact. Uh, you know, they got some good stuff. Yeah, they they. Yeah, I mean, look, that's where the Lucha Bros and LAX, you know, rivalry really kind of took off, mm-hmm. and now they're both in AEW. So there you go. I mean, I have a lot of fond memories of TNA. Yeah, honestly, it, Impact is really good. I mm-hmm. I personally, I haven't seen a lot of people dumping on them uh, for a while. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, show me where these people are. I'd I'd love to. <laughs> To, to see where they hide out at in Twitter yeah. first, you know. Um, NXT is better than AEW. Um, I mean, it depends it, on the it, week. It depends. It's a roll of the dice, yeah. you know. NXT can put on some killer stuff. Mm-hmm. Like NXT Takeover Portland is one of the best shows I've seen all year. Yeah. Uh, does NXT follow that up with really great weekly programming? Uh, so far, not. Yeah. You know, so far, they haven't. 
Um, AEW, on the other hand, puts on really great weekly programming, and then when they put on a pay-per-view, it's also really great. Yeah. Um, yep. Are their pay-per-views like always as good as a takeover? No. But it's always consistently good. So mm. it just depends on what you're looking for and, uh, like Steven said, what time it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, what week it is, really. You know, sometimes NXT will do something that's really captivating, brings a lot of people in, and then AEW has a bunch of squash matches that no one cares about. And then NXT wins the ratings war for that week. You know, it, it just, it kind of depends. Um, I don't know. It's just, what what are you looking for? What do you want out of it? You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. It is what it is. Um, he, he says, uh, he finishes up by saying, that's a lot, but that's just how I feel. Well, thank you, Henry. We appreciate for you for telling us how you feel. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Good takes. Good takes. Uh, let's see here. Uh, sophisticated Savage at, oh, it's like Ophi and then a five and then uh, Decated. Ophis- okay. Sophisticated Savage. Oh, I see. Sophisticated I see. Savage, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, three takes here. Uh, most WWE wrestlers today either have no personality or are not allowed to have one. <laughs> the The problem is that they all have the same personality. Y- yes, that's <laughs> that's 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 highly accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. Two. Vince McMahon hires too many wrestlers he never uses. He literally stole Nakamura from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Went from strong style to soft style. Uh, Facts. Uh, also, strong style to surf style. Yes. You know, he's, you know, surfing USA. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, <laughs> uh, number three, WWE has been declining quality for a long, long time. Uh, yes, I address that at lengths. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and unfortunately, I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, Maybe Steven does. No. <laughs> no. No. Well, there you go. Um. <laughs> all right. Well, that's that's good stuff. Uh, we'll wrap up hot takes with our good friend Mike Charlip at Mike JC eight two one on Twitter. How is it going, Mike? Hey, Mike. Hope you are well. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. Mike has quite a few things on his mind this week. Uh. First off, why does WWE do this thing where somebody who lost a pay per view match says they want a title shot and they get it? Not only did Dakota lose at Takeover. She got pinned clean. Shouldn't even be thinking about uh, going for a title. Uh, they babble on about momentum being everything, but they give title shots to losers. How Ooh. does that make sense? Ooh, pick me. All right, pick Ste- me. Steven. They don't know what continuity is. Yes, they they do not follow the laws of continuity. Mm-hmm. They don't care for that. They care about, quote-unquote, entertainment mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yes yeah see yeah. again this is so uh, this this all goes back against me saying wwe is wrestling for the masses they mm-hmm. don't expect you to actually pay attention to anything right they don't care if you pay attention to anything and half the time they really don't even want you to pay attention to everything that's why they felt like they could get away with doing to the jeff hardy what they did oh my god yeah but, but you know, well, that's it's, how they operate. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's really almost to the point where like they want every Raw and SmackDown and pay per view to like stand alone as its own thing, and, and so you get just like this crazy amalgamation of stories that no one really cares about, but they've been going on for a while. So like you kind of feel like you need to finish them. Yeah, but like why did they start in the first place? 
Yeah. It's very confusing. Lots of questions. Yeah. It's a whole thing. It is a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Mike goes on to say, with the news of Paul Heyman no longer running Smack, uh, running things on Raw, are you guys prepared for Raw to be as bad as SmackDown? It makes me sad. It makes me sad, too, because I fear the worst. I hope for the best and fear for the worst. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to hope for the best, but, I mean, they, they really give you no reason to, to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like, like like you said, you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, it's because they haven't given you a reason to see that light at the end of the tunnel. It yeah. seems like it's getting worse. Yeah, it's it's blocked by the Vince McMahon kiss my ass club. Exactly. Even though that hasn't been a thing for years. But, but, I mean, but you still can't forget it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just ingrained in your brain. Yeah. Uh, Mike finishes off with a, a very um, a topical uh, thing here. Uh, with the recent uh, Orton Champa back and forth on Twitter, did you see this, Stephen? No. Randy Orton got into got into it with Tommaso Champa on Twitter. He, uh, Randy Orton was uh, saying how much of a knee slapper that uh, NXT Takeover was because everybody was slapping them knees. I see. Uh, now for, uh, for, yeah. for, for the effect. <laughs> Good and, one. And then and then Champa responded that uh, he's uh, he's replaced uh, giving his children Nyquil at night to get them to fall asleep. He's replaced that with. Uh, Having them watch Randy Orton matches. <laughs> Sick burn. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> brutal. Uh, so, so there's the backstory here. Uh, with the recent Randy Orton and Tommaso Ciampa back and forth on Twitter, I wouldn't mind an extended run uh, in NXT for Orton as long as he never wins a belt. Um, I don't even. I don't even really necessarily need to see that. I, I mean, just do a cross-promotional. Have mm-hmm. Ciampa show up on Raw sometimes. Have Orton show up on SmackDown sometimes. Mm-hmm. Really build this thing out. You know, ma- make it real personal between mm-hmm. both of them. And then, when we're all said and done here, we'll have a match. And it should be good. Mm-hmm. It should be good. As long as you let Tommaso Ciampa be the psychopath that he needs to be, it'll be great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I-, I can see a really good story of Ciampa almost like, out Randy Ortoning Randy Orton, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like like doing mm-hmm. doing a lot of the the you know attacks in the locker room and, and a lot of the the messing with the head and all that stuff. Yeah, the psychology. Yeah, yeah. I I could see that being a really cool story. Um, Randy Orton going to NXT. Good God, please no. Yeah, please no. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that would not be favorable. No. Yeah. Our dog, my dog just ran into the table. So my apologies if uh, <laughs> if your uh, speakers popped in your car there for a brief moment. She just wanted to say hi. Yeah. She's just, oh, hi. Yeah. yeah. All right. She loves you. Yes. She doesn't know you. Yeah. But she loves you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that has been Hot Takes for the Week. Thank you for hanging in there with us. We did talk a lot about some hot topics here, uh, which means only one thing. We got to close out the show. Uh, um, with uh, you know our favorite segment, of course. If wishes were fishes. <laughs> yes, yes, of course. This is a segment called If Wishes Were Fishes, where Steve and I each take turns making a wrestling-related wish, and the other grades them, yes, in terms of fish. R- real, actual fish. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, we can make a wish about anything. Steven, you said that you had a little bit of something planned here. I'm, I do. I'm curious to know what that is. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I didn't really want to go too much, 
uh, into this when we were reviewing the show because I had a wish about it. So, ah. so I'll go into it now. Okay. Um, the whole Jeff Hardy angle, man. Yeah. It's extremely disrespectful. It is. Uh, it, it's very shameful. Uh, very, just extremely distasteful. And, and obviously, Jeff Hardy signed off to this uh, to some degree because because he is involved in it. That being said, though, should you really ever ask a performer to to perform in something like this that that is so just clearly what's the right word for it i can't even think of the right word it's just like you even mm. though he is saying yes to this they shouldn't have even asked him or or presented this it to sh- him it shouldn't have even been a thing no yeah no i i, I think it's, it's even disrespectful just to even offer it to even bring it to the table so yes um Man, I, I really don't want to see Jeff Hardy in WWE anymore. Uh, if uh, if this is what we're gonna get from Jeff Hardy, uh, so if wishes were fishes, this whole Jeff Hardy angle that he's in right now just kind of dies quietly, uh, and, and nothing happens. It just goes away. Jeff Hardy sits out the rest of the time on his contract and heads over to AEW. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been a big proponent of him going to AEW for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so, yes, uh, it's quite a wish, um, and, and and I would love to see that happen. Um, I um, yeah, I, I I don't think that he probably he probably didn't feel very comfortable going through all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it happened, and we're here, so it's a thing. Um, with that said, as far as your fish are concerned, um, yes, uh, I'm I'm going to go with um. Uh, uh, seven octopus. Hmm. Yes, seven octopus. Um, because um, you know it, it, it's a it's a very elegant fish. It's a very. Uh, it's not even a fish. It's it's yeah. It's kind of a fish. I mean, it's, it's not really a fish. But anyway, it's a sea creature. Um, but but yeah. uh, you I think know. they have like some distinction to them. Yes, yeah. yes. It's very distinct. Um, it's a it's and it's, it's one of my favorites. Hmm. It's, it's, I mean, I've got a tattoo, mm-hmm. right? It's a very nice tattoo. Thank also. you, thank mm-hmm. you. I appreciate that. Um, uh, but, uh, but like the octopus, uh, this has a lot of tentacles in a lot of different places. I feel like a lot of different things would have to happen in order for Jeff Hardy to have to sit out and it not be a thing, and then have to go to AEW. Very mm-hmm. complex, definitely. So, yes, um, seven octopus from me to you. For your wish. Well, thank you, sir. Yes. I appreciate it. I'll mm. have to find a tank where I can fit seven whole octopi in it. But, yeah. Uh, mm. It's going to be a very large tank. Yeah. You're going to have to have a lot of room. But that that's my problem, not yours. So mm-hmm. what's what's your next wish? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, so for my next wish here, I was highly impressed by uh, AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan's performance on SmackDown this last week. See. I loved it. I truly loved it. Uh, so if wishes were fishes, this is very simple. Uh, continue this feud into SummerSlam. You know, I mean, try not to have so many matches directly between the two of them, but make sure that that tension's always there. And I really want to see them have a great match at SummerSlam. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's a simple wish, but man, it doesn't have to be complex. You no, know, that's no. that's like, uh, yeah, just give me it. Yeah, just give it, give give it back to me. I wanna I wanna re uh, I wanna redo this uh this uh thing that you did. Mm-hmm. You know, I liked it. Yeah, you know, it's funny too because we we always say like the the talent that's on WD, WWE's roster is nuts, right? And, and if it's you off were the charts. And, and if you were to just put two of those guys out there and let them freaking go, it would be killer. 
And what did we get? A killer freaking match because they just put two guys out there who knew what they were doing mm-hmm. and just let them go. Well, and the, and they built it right too. Like they gave us a couple weeks to really actually build the feud once we knew what the finals were. And then you're like, oh great, now it's here. And then mm-hmm. it was like, wow, it lived well up to expectations. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. So, yeah, I, I see no reason why they wouldn't be able to to keep this going until SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I'll give you four. Mahi mahis. Ooh, it's a very large fish. It's also a very tasty it's, it's, fish. It's a dolphin. Yeah, mm. that's what it is. Mm. Mm. There you go. <laughs> yeah, Nailed it. Yeah, it's a, it's a dolphin horse. <laughs> <laughs> a dorse. A dorse. <laughs> or a, a halfin. Halfin. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Alrighty. Well, it's that time, ladies and gentlemen. We got to close up shop. I'm glad that you had a chance to come come with us on this journey mm-hmm. uh, that we've had. It's been quite fun. I've had a good time. Yeah, yeah. I got to play Darth Vader. Um, <laughs> yeah. That was the thing that happened. <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, it's it a fun show. Um, so, album of the week, of course, is a, is an album that I've been jamming to at the gym all week long. It is one of my favorites, and I just got a copy of it in the mail this week. It is, of course, Leviathan by the mighty heavy metal band Mastodon. Mm-hmm. It is quite a great album. A lot of uh, a lot of reputable sources have this as uh, perhaps named the greatest metal album of the 21st century. I would not argue against that, personally. Mm-hmm. It's a very good album, and is uh, lightly inspired by one of my favorite uh, books of all time, Moby Dick. Mm. Yes. Very nice. So, yes, I really enjoy this album. If you're a metalhead, check out Mastodon's Leviathan. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's been our show this week. Uh, you can catch us on Twitter at Headlock Talk. Again, we are on Twitter at Headlock Talk. Uh, so you can hit us up there. Hit that uh, hit that follow button. I'll follow you back. It's a good time. We can chat up about all sorts of crazy stuff. You know, uh, I'm pretty good about catching catching it on my phone. If I miss a few of you, I'm sorry. Just reach out. DM me. I I apologize, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I'm I will make sure to follow you back. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's that's the thing with the Twitter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it is. Uh, make sure as you're listening to this podcast before we close out the show here, go ahead and scroll on up on your page and click that subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast, be it iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podbean, or anywhere else for that matter. Mm-hmm. As long as you hit that subscribe button, that's what counts to us. And and thank you for doing that. You it know? makes us smile. It makes me smile. It makes Steven smile. It really makes. The headlock talk world go round. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Um, and then while you're there, if you really want to go above and beyond, and uh, you you want to help headlock talk get to the number one spot on those wrestling charts, which we would greatly appreciate, mm-hmm. uh, go ahead and leave us a five star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, beyond that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you are a business and you want to headlock talk to advertise for your product, hit us up. HeadlockTalk at gmail.com against HeadlockTalk at gmail.com. Again, that's HeadlockTalk at gmail.com. Yes. HeadlockTalk at gmail.com. <laughs> Again, that's HeadlockTalk at gmail.com. Absolutely. Thank you, Stephen. <laughs> um, it's very late. <laughs> yes. That's about it for me. I got to take you home. What, what else? Uh, is there anything else that we got to cover? I think we uh, think we hit on everything. All right. Yeah. Watch that, uh, watch that tag match from Backlash. It's good. <laughs> There you go. Watch some New Japan this week. Yes. Do yourself a favor and yes. watch some New Japan this week. But uh, until next time, boys and girls, this has been Headlock Talk. I'm, of course, the Texas Gentleman Tanner Pruitt. And as always, 
right across from me here, the one, the only, Mr. Stephen Grudy. Thank you for listening, boys and girls. <laughs> Bye-bye! Later! Ready to launch a new career or not sure what to do after graduation? Rumpke is hiring for CDL driving trainees. We pay you to get your CDL license while working for us. Driver trainees receive $18 an hour, great benefits, and Rumpke will pay your CDL costs. Once you're a CDL driver, you can earn $1,000 to $1,300 a week and more than $10,000 in bonuses possible in your first year. Apply today and launch a lucrative career at Rumpke. Apply now at RumpkeCareers.com. Equal opportunity employer. Restrictions apply. How did we become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most, our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. And every day, your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com.